0: Welcome Screensavers, I'm Michael Gallet, I'm Matt Sturtevant, and I'm Tyler Sitkus. Together we host the Silver Screensavers podcast, a show about the world of cinema and a celebration of our love of movies. Today we will be discussing the newest Chloe Zhao film, the newest Marvel movie, Eternals, aka Marvel's version of Forrest Gump. We will also be discussing Phase 4 of Marvel, what we've seen already and what's to come, as well as our top three favorite Marvel movies so far. But first, Matt, what have you been watching this week?
1: Um. So I've been, I've been watching the 2001 hit DreamWorks animated movie Shrek, as well as bits and pieces of the show Superstore, which I think was always chronically underrated
0: while it was on air. You really gave a you gave Shrek a really grand, unnecessary <laughs> introduction. <laughs> Shrek, which one was
1: that? Uh, <laughs> I, I disagree. You cannot. I cannot sing enough praise for the for Shrek.
0: I can't um, either. But go ahead. Um, <laughs>
1: um, beyond that, um, I've been kind of busy, so I haven't really been watching too too much. I did get to see some live music on Sunday. I got to see a great deathcore band called the Acacia Strain, um, and a bunch of other openers.
0: But beyond that, I haven't really been watching much as far as movies or TV well shrek is really all you need tyler what have you been watching
2: uh, i watched the start of the new uh dexter revival new blood uh dexter's back and he's better than ever
1: <laughs>
2: yeah actually not that big a fan honestly
1: <laughs> i was up in shelburne when their set was still deco- like the town was still set decorated they weren't filming or nothing so i'm not in the movie or the show but um I remember walking through there and it actually snowed the previous night in Western Mass where we were. And, um, I I remember walking around Shelburne, totally oblivious to the fact that Dexter was filming there. And I remember looking in like, wow, they must've gotten a lot of snow up here. And then I was there with my dad and he pointed out that it was fake snow. I'm like, what? Next thing you know, I kick it and it's just like this cotton stuff. Oh. (laughs) And, um. And then I it clicked with me like there's all the fake cop cars and fake signs all over the storefronts and stuff. I'm like, oh no kidding!
2: Oh, that murder we just witnessed was fake. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like... <laughs>
0: <laughs> is a is this a Showtime project? Like it is a Showtime
2: or... project. Yes, uh, it's got the original showrunner of the first four seasons, which I think is the best, Dexter. So, um, it, I mean this, I I didn't think it was necessary honestly when they they ended the character as bad as they did. But I mean, now it's just, you just need to bring back every character you have ever introduced 10 plus years later. That's Mm, just the practice now. But I mean, it's intriguing. It has enough uh, threads that I'm definitely going to keep watching it to see it. But I mean, I just felt it was really
1: not necessary. I wish they would do that with Community next, honestly.
0: Isn't Community on like Yahoo original programming or something like that? Yes, yes, it was with like oh my lord, maybe half of
1: the original cast by that point. Um, but if they could do the same thing, bring back community with Dan Harmon,
2: Is
1: Donald Glover's and... too big. Yeah, I know. No, don't remember wait me.
0: when you say half the cast, was Chevy Chase part of that?
1: Um, no, <laughs> really, what happened, happened to him? He
0: was doing the newest Fletch,
1: <laughs> no, um. Actually, he—I think he had left by the pre- season before that, because they got uh, this guy named Buzz Hickey, who was played by uh, Jonathan Banks, was there for a season, and oh. then in that se- in the Yahoo season they got um, Keith David to play like the old guy role of the group.
0: <laughs> they need an old guy in a community college at <laughs> all times. Just necessary. It's not community college without a geriatric.
1: I tell you what, though, despite all that, it was actually a solid season for what it was. I mean, they did the best they could with what they had.
0: All right, fair enough. Uh, Hopefully they revive community. Uh, I'm going to do another new director spotlight like I did a, a couple of episodes ago for the Lorelei writer and director Sabrina Doyle. Um, and this time the movie is called Wild Indian. It came out earlier this year. This is written and directed by Lyle Mitchell Corbine Jr. Um, stars Michael Gray Eyes. And here's the description from Rotten Tomatoes. Decades after covering up his classmate's murder, Michael has moved on from his reservation and fractured past. When a man who shares his violent secret seeks vengeance, Michael goes to great lengths to protect his new life with his wife and boss from the demons of his past. Um, This is a very well-done movie. It is one of those that is tense uh, the whole time. Uh, The casting is wonderful. Awesome performances by Michael Gray Eyes, uh, Chesky Spencer, and Phoenix Wilson. All of them give super haunting performances. Uh, If you're looking for something different, i would say definitely check this out um i can't say it's my favorite movie of the year but it is again one of those things that uh, makes me curious and excited for what lyle Mitchell corbine jr is going to do next Uh, and i also watched queen pins i'm always kind of curious what uh the comedy landscape looks like especially as far as kind of like um new movies that are coming out as far as vince Uh,
2: vaughn is concerned
0: (laughs) as far as vince vaughn is concerned well you liked freaky right
2: i did like freaky i I, i'm not i do like vince vaughn Uh,
0: (laughs) this is written and directed by gita pulipilli and aaron godet um it's it it has its moments um but it's kind of largely the humor didn't land for me it might for you it didn't for me um Kristen Bell and Kirby Howell Baptiste are kind of giving it their all with sort of material that is um, maybe not giving them enough weapons to work with. My big takeaway from this movie is that Paul Walter Hauser can just be entertaining in any project that he is in. If it's Richard Jewell, if it's Queen Pins... Uh, he was into five bloods last year
1: unless jamie taco keeps taking his lines
0: yeah unless jimmy taco keeps taking his lines
1: <laughs> i was waiting for that reference so bad and then if he, he didn't say it i was gonna say it
0: the only downside to paul walter hauser he never sleeps over
1: <laughs> not even, even on, on birthdays. your birthday oh. <laughs> quit taking my lines yeah, sorry yeah.
0: Uh, and I have also been kind of rewatching some some Marvel movies in anticipation of Eternals, um, and it was just pretty nice to be reminded of the great stuff that Marvel has done. Um, you know, after we may have may or may not have gotten a few films that I wasn't super crazy about. But uh, our ambulance countdown from the day of our recording, we have a hundred and one days until the release Woo! of Michael Bay's ambulance. <laughs> Incredibly excited for that one. Uh, And excited for, we got a trailer for Come On, Come On. This is Mike Mills' newest movie. Um, He did 20th Century Women, Beginners. uh, And this is the description from Google. Johnny is an emotionally stunted and soft-spoken radio journalist who travels the country interviewing a variety of kids about their thoughts concerning their world and their future. Then Johnny saddled with caring for his young nephew, Jesse. Jesse brings a new perspective and as they travel from state to state effectively turns the emotional tables on Johnny. That sounds, that last part, turning the tables, sounds that Jesse is like going to pull a gun on his (laughs) uncle at some point in the You know,
2: the last time Joaquin Phoenix was on a talk show, you know. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) I feel like
0: he's going to like turn away from the drive-thru window and be like, do you want Unring rings? And there's going to be a revolver right in his face. (laughs) You
2: get what you deserve. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah. Choker feels like forever ago. It does. It's like a Not long enough. Not long enough. Well, maybe we can talk about that another time. But the Come On, Come On trailer, uh, this is a black and white movie. It seems very um, kind of somber and melanch- melancholic, even if it uh, kind of has this uplifting spiritual side. What did you guys think of the trailer? I thought it looked interesting. Um
1: I like the visual style. I like uh, Joaquin looks like he's going to bring it. Um, it's nice seeing Joaquin in a bit more of a sort of wholesome, heartfelt role rather than Joker or the like. Because he hasn't really gotten into ma- too many roles like that in recent years. I
0: don't know if you saw, you were never really here, but even her is, is a little... Uh... I love her, that's a wonderful movie but um, it's it's so True. emotionally destroying
2: yeah, I think it looks good I think the trailer didn't reveal too much which is nice so definitely look into it, I know Joaquin Phoenix is going to kill it um, so I'm definitely interested to see how that turns out I don't understand the black and white style just, just kinda <laughs> it's just just kind of there
0: it's just kind of well I don't know, I guess we haven't seen the movie yet the tragedy yeah, of Beth enough. is also going to be in black and white and uh, current best picture frontrunner Belfast is is in black and white as well. well.
2: That I can understand because that's supposed to be like him reminiscing about the past, right? That I get.
0: All right, fair enough. We'll see. We'll see what it's about. Tyler, you wanted to read a, something that Tom Holland said.
2: Yeah, this just just threw me off because I was like, eh,
1: you know what 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 is this going to be? <laughs> Wait, did did Tom Holland actually say this, or is this like a he said she said bull type thing? Hey. Could be. <laughs>
2: no, this is this is his exact quote. I'll read it. So he said, "It's dark and it's sad and it's going to be really affecting. You're going to see characters that you love go through things that you would never wish for them to go through. What are we going to see? Like Aunt May get waterboarded or something? I <laughs> mean, <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're going to see Bonesaw go. <laughs> He's going to have a really tough time connecting with his dad. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it's such a weird way to describe a Spider-Man film." <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, We will be doing a big uh, No Way Home, big Spider-Man spectacular when that comes out about a month from now, so stay tuned for that. Uh, the, the only other thing I wanted to bring up before we get to our review is the three of us saw Eternals together, and there was a trailer during before it, <laughs> and this was for Sing 2, which seems like a very innocent movie, but this latest trailer started... With a a stadium full of animated animals somberly singing, still haven't found what I'm looking for, for like a solid minute. And I had no idea what was going on. It was much more depressing than the last Sing 2 (laughs) trailer. Are Um, you implying that the last Sing 2 trailer was still depressing?
1: Well, I mean, it had the scene where they're like finding the lion guy and he's all depressed.
0: That's true. His wife seemed to be sick for a period, and he hasn't heard one of his songs in 11 years.
1: But then it had, like, the old lady animal, I forgot what type of animal she was, rocking out to System of a Down. So, like, that was supposed to be comic relief. There was no comic relief in this trailer. It was just like.
2: It was just U2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is,
1: which is even worse <laughs> than just regular depression. It's depression with U2 playing in the background.
0: <laughs> What's worse? Is it. Is it YouTube two playing in this trailer for a minute or is it YouTube two putting an undownloadable or un-
1: un- unskippable, un- undeletable. unskippable,
0: undeletable album onto all of all of our devices.
2: That's kinda of, I, I think that's worse because like imagine you just rocking out to your music and then just this U two song that you never heard before.
1: I, you out. know what? I, I wish I had the confidence that we could just just automatically download this podcast onto people's phones so so they could listen to it without them asking. I wish I had that confidence in my craft, because, mm. honestly, I envy him for that.
0: I do, too. <laughs> the the sing tutro doesn't get any less perplexing after this minute of U2. You get, like... They keep showing this, this pig who, like, is afraid of bungee jumping for some reason. I don't know who's making her bungee jump... There's somebody in a bathtub, there's a line musician who's like, he's hung up his guitar and he can't do it anymore. And I just, there's no dialogue in it at all. It's just animals in peril. So, fun fact, I I saw a bunch
2: of the original sing because my nieces and nephews were watching it while, while we were having dinner. And it looks like the character arcs. Of this one are the exact same character arcs they went through of the last ones. I don't understand. Uh, so it's a quiet place part two. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't seem necessary other than oh, money.
0: <laughs> money is good. I mean, if we could make money making movies about animals singing YouTube, I, why wouldn't we? I mean, you, know? you just got to get Matthew McConaughey. in
1: Yeah. I was going to say, Mike White knows a lot about making unnecessary animated movies,
0: doesn't he? Uh, like yes, we writer of, of the Emoji ago. Movie. Writer the quarterback of
2: in the New York Jets? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> writer of the one and only Ivan. Uh, one and only Ivan, which has Annalena, Angelina Jolie in it, which brings us to our main review tonight of Eternals. Uh, this is directed by Chloe Zhao, written by Chloe Zhao, Patrick Berlay, Ryan Furpo, Kaz Furpo, story by Ryan and Kaz Furpo, and this is based on the Eternals by Jack Kirby general thoughts with no spoilers I will say if you are somebody who just doesn't want to know anything about Eternals obviously we're about to talk about it uh, so please come back to us later but for anybody who doesn't kind of mind knowing general details about it we're going to do a no spoilers right now so general thoughts fellas what did you guys think what was your experience like of Marvel's Forrest Gump I want to know what you mean by that so the fact is that they've intersected with every human event that has ever happened inexplicably, and you know who else did that? Our friend Forrest Gump.
1: That's a fair observation. I didn't make that until now.
2: The Eternals meeting JFK. That was a
1: while. Of- <laughs> yeah.
2: Eter- the Eternals don't meet JFK. Don't. don't, don't expect no,
0: that it. doesn't actually happen. What did you guys think of the movie? I'm gonna let you guys go first.
2: I'll go first, and I just want to preface this by saying I—it's gonna sound like I hated this movie. It wasn't horrible. It was—it 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 wasn't good. It was fine, <laughs> but it wasn't bad. Um, it was just kind of like a bland Marvel movie. I think the characters were pretty boring for the most part. They didn't really develop in many different ways. Um, even like the the most like the the best developing character was literally just like ah I'm see the error of my ways and now I'm gonna change
0: so. so so for me this is one of those movies that while I was watching it I did not think it was great and I'm still not sure that it was great but I've really enjoyed thinking about it um, over the past few days I have to say the strongest part of this movie is the casting which is often the strongest part of any Marvel movie um, and I, I really like loved everybody and we're gonna talk about everybody a little bit later uh, but, like, even when the character development was really not that good, which it is not for some of the deserving characters and actors, um, I, I just loved being around these people and seeing them on the screen. Um, the, the story was interesting. I love that this was a departure from regular Marvel movies, um, but at times I felt like I was watching 20 different movies in these two and a half hours Um, It was very disjointed, and the structure, I would say, did not always help it along. Um, The visuals are wonderful, especially like, I don't know if you guys remember that sort of overhead establishing shot when they were in Babylon, but I thought that was absolutely beautiful. Uh, But other things, like, I did not enjoy um, the design of the Deviants. I just, I don't want to say it was bland, but I just, I don't know. I wanted a little bit more that I didn't get um so overall i'm very mixed on this movie but i am happy that it was done if that makes sense
2: i do want to just expand on the design of the things i I actually thought they were kind of cool i thought they would be good in like a horror movie but like as a villain of the movie they were just kind of like tentacle dogs (laughs) it wasn't very compelling
0: well i think uh the it kind of actually helps the undermining of the deviants, which is important later on. But I we'll agree.
2: But I mean, up until that point, I just didn't find yeah, them that interesting of villains.
1: Well, I tell you what, I, I definitely see your guys' points, which is why my my solid opi- my final opinion is that I liked it, but I can't say I loved it. Um, I will agree with Mike that the I thought the characters were likable and they were well-acted for what we got of them. Um, Gemma Chan, Brian Tyree Henry, Lauren Ridloff, Camille Nanjiani were probably my top favorites, although they were all pretty well solid-acted, solidly acted. I did like Don Lee in his part as well. Um, like, I the same, I felt the same way during this movie that I felt during Dune, whereas I, I genuinely do want to take time to re-watch it and kind of process some of the more of the plot that happened and maybe get a better appreciation for it because there was a lot going on in this movie and i feel like i'm probably i could have missed some things that i would like to go back and try and catch um i did think the plot was fine even though some things kind of went underdeveloped or kind of went nowhere um i almost feel like it would have done better as a series rather than a two and a half hour movie Fair point.
2: There are definitely way too many characters, so I agree with that.
1: Like if they had done the same thing that you know, they did with WandaVision or Loki, like you know, break it down into like six, seven, eight episodes. You know, really take care and time to develop each of these plot lines and these characters
0: yeah. and provide more of a payoff. I agree I with that. I think that would have definitely made a difference. The only the only reason I would say maybe I'm not gonna say that wouldn't work as well. I just can't imagine enjoying this nearly as much on a television screen. And I'm not like a I'm not opposed to watching movies at home. Some of the best movie experience I've ever had were me watching it on a phone when I didn't have another device. Um, but I don't know, I just don't I don't think I would have enjoyed this as much watching it. Were well, the visuals at home. that
2: good for you? I, I mean, I liked them, I just didn't think they were mine. I don't know. It,
0: it was just a very immersive experience. Even when it wasn't the best. Yeah, I um,
1: I don't know because one of well Loki Loki had its pretty solid cinematic parts, um, f- for being a small screen project, uh, but I think, I think, in a perfect world, I would be willing to sacrifice some of the cinematicness of this movie for the sake of better character development and better plot payoff
2: i think marvel's biggest problem and this has been a problem for much of their movies they have a few exceptions to this but they're really bad at villains <laughs> I, I i most of their villains are so forgettable that i just i find that a problem in most of them and this one i don't think was any different with the two big bads of the movie that i won't spoil but mm-hmm
0: yeah, I think, well, I maybe they just put all their stock in Thanos, who is now the super daddy of of villains right now, and then they just had no more gas in the tank, but who knows. Uh, I So this movie did make me feel a little stupid right in the beginning, and it's not my fault. It's just they have the scroll up of, like, the Celestials made the Eternals to fight the Deviants, and just, like I had to, like, read it three times. But so this is kind of where the movie's logic broke apart for me and this was an issue throughout i thought is that supposedly or at least for the first half of the movie we think that the eternals exist to fight off deviance are we going into
1: spoiler territory
0: no just the general concept okay so eternals exist to fight off deviance um so that sort of intelligent life on earth can can develop right And they're not supposed to interact or aid humans in any other way. Am I incorrect in saying that? I
1: believe that's right.
0: Unless deviants are involved. But the issue is is that even in the first scene, and if you don't want to know about the first scene, then this is a spoiler for the beginning, is that they are in Mesopotamia, right? And they defeat a deviant, but then they immediately give a tool to a Mesopotamian child, a Mesopotamite. And I just, didn't you, like, just kind of set the whole course for human history by, like, interacting well, directly with them?
2: They did say, like, to give them technology, they just couldn't be too advanced because he wanted to give them the steam engine. Like, they're not ready for this.
0: I, just, I think, I didn't I think it was just rules. conflict,
2: it sounded like. They, they specifically mentioned you can't interfere in human conflict.
0: Oh, so it was just human conflict. Yeah, which I, I guess I not ah, that's what words. I took it
2: to mean. Because I mean, they clearly aided them in several ways,
0: right? Which is what I don't, which I didn't totally understand, is that they definitely did um, interact with them directly several times.
2: But you know what? I don't understand. I, I, I'll I'll save this for spoilers because it's probably a spoiler. Actually, no, it's in the trailer. You know when he's like, "Oh, they didn't. Why didn't you fight Thanos?" Um is that not like world changing event that like needs to be fought (laughs) that's not putting the world in danger
0: well it's not thanos isn't a deviant i don't know what you're not understanding (laughs)
2: aren't they supposed to be protecting the world for what will be revealed later
0: (laughs) the eternals literally went up to thanos and said you're not a deviant are you and he went (laughs) no and they're like well all right this isn't our fight
1: yeah, but no one talks about how the defenders and the inhumans were sitting that one out too, though. That's
2: true with those
1: bums.
0: That's true. and
1: then
2: the, the Inhumans. <laughs> Has anyone thought about the Inhumans? <laughs>
1: not until right now.
2: Anson mounts like Woo
0: <laughs> I got very Age of Ultron vibes uh from this movie because there was a lot of like uh human love love for non-human characters loving humans it's a lot of human that? love yeah at, at the end of age of ultron when they're like oh those earthlings they're a plucky bunch right <laughs> they're like yeah it was the same <laughs> deal here it was like oh we we grew to love them over these thousands of years of protecting them and there there was this idea of well if we didn't allow them to have flaws then they wouldn't be human and i don't think the movie justified that why I feel like they could have stopped a lot of suffering.
2: They could have, absolutely, but the deviants weren't involved, so (laughs) it's fine.
0: That's where the movie, I don't want to say it fell apart, because it didn't totally ruin it for me, but it didn't totally make sense.
2: No, and I mean, back to my point, so they're fighting the deviants, so they don't, well, I mean, that's maybe spoiler territory, but they're, they're protecting humanity from them. So why does it matter if it's a deviant versus another
1: being? <laughs> I don't understand. i That's just the rules. I, no, the plot, doesn't the plot kind of go in and explain that to a point?
2: Well, yeah. uh, specifically because they have to... Uh, uh, spoiler, maybe. They have to advance, but the, yes. Thanos is keeping them from that by eliminating half the population.
1: I see what you're saying. Yeah, true. So, true. I don't understand for, why that's... For... For spoiler-free reasons, I get that. Yes, we yes, spoiler-free. We
0: will get into. They do explain it more. and We will get into it later. Um, but as I was watching the movie, that was that was bothering me a little bit. Um, I think what we're gonna do now, I think it would be helpful instead of kind of talking about plot chronology and all that stuff. I thought it would be helpful if we kind of talk about each character and their journey, uh, and that would help us through the film. So I'm gonna I'm gonna mark it now spoilers from this point beyond i will give you a few seconds um in the meantime maybe we could all sing still haven't found what i'm looking for for a <laughs> whole minute to give people a spoiler buffer
2: not a chance
0: not a chance
2: i prefer sunday bloody sunday
0: well you guys aren't koalas so i guess that makes sense
1: spoiler warning if you have not seen the following movie please turn back or accept the consequences
0: here are the Eternals as we have them. We have Ajak, who is played by Salma Hayek, who is always wonderful. She is the leader of the Eternals. She has the ability to heal. And perhaps most importantly, in the beginning of the film at least, she is the sole Eternal who communicates with the Celestial Arashem, um, who talks about their purpose and all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I thought the performance was good. I feel like we didn't really get to know Ajax that much um and you know maybe that was a consequence of her being a leader maybe that was a consequence of her kind of exiting early um yeah. but i I feel like they didn't they didn't let Salma do as much as she could have done
2: i I feel like killing her off that early was a bad decision um because they didn't really flesh her out and we kind of I hate I hate the fleshing out through flashbacks after the characters go on I personally hate that kind of storytelling um, although she signed on for more movies she said so oh okay <laughs> she's likely back but um I just want to say that she led the Eternals like a boss
0: that's your favorite movie
2: <laughs> that is my favorite movie <laughs> it is not please please don't print that on that's my favorite movie
1: that's going right at the beginning of the pod (laughs) yeah
2: (laughs) but yeah i I, I just think killing her off was i mean i get it set the plot in motion but it was it it just wasn't a great idea in my opinion
0: yeah it she becomes a much more interesting character later considering the secret that she holds the secret that she wants to reveal and stop um and what ends up happening to her because of that. And I think we'll get to that when we talk about Icarus. But I think next we want to move to Cersei, who is played by Gemma Chan, who is doing an absolutely wonderful job here. Uh, she can sort of manipulate uh, inanimate matter. Uh, she can turn a bus into a bunch of flower petals. She can turn rocks into birds. Uh, maybe we'll we'll discuss that decision in, in the, the climax of the movie. Uh, but she falls in love with Icarus over the centuries. She becomes the new leader um, after we learn that Ajax has gone away and later on she learns of the Eternal's true fate. Do we believe... I'll just talk about this first. Do we believe the romance between Icarus and Cersei?
2: Not in the slightest. (laughs) Nope. Yeah,
0: no. So... Here's part of my issue. I'm not going to say it's a big issue, but let's just talk about it now. That was the most generic sex scene I have ever seen (laughs) in my life. Just them weirdly huddled together. I didn't need it to be longer. I didn't even need a sex scene at all. No, it, it didn't belong there.
2: It, they just felt the criticism and the, like, we're going to throw one in and it's going to be the weirdest, most robotic thing you've ever seen on screen. <laughs> like, so- they're just staring at each
1: other.
0: It had all the, it was the greatest hit sex scene, right? It was the guy's back is the the biggest thing in the frame. Her hands are, like, clutching it. He's covering her and they're just kind of looking at each other. <laughs> Well,
1: now people won't be asking Disney for sex scenes anymore, so I think
0: they got that's what they true. wanted. True,
2: they're going to like, okay, it's
1: fine.
0: I would have just felt <laughs> awful for any citizen who had just walked up cuz they were just out in the open. <laughs> any yeah, but Where was that
2: Byzantine? The Byzantine Empire? What was that time period during that?
0: I don't remember, but that could be correct. I don't remember yeah, but either, then they could but... just
1: call they could just call Druid to r- erase their memories and it's fine. That's true. You
2: think that's how humans discovered sex? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. They didn't know about it before.
2: <laughs> They're like, no, you can't do this unless deviants are involved. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, but Gemma Chan, uh, she did an amazing job. She really brought, uh, you know, this certain humanity to this superhero character. Um, she does oddly disappear kind of for a yes. large chunk of the sort of middle to late period of the movie. Uh, and then when she kind of returned to talk to Arishem and reveal this secret to everybody, um, it's I, I'm like, Oh yeah, there's her. Like, I don't want to say I would forgotten that she was there, but she just was so absent for a while.
2: I find that the case with a lot of these. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No. With a lot of these large ensemble casts lately, I think the most jarring one recently was a movie I didn't enjoy that much, which was Werewolves Within. Um, just kind of, like, with with the whole town interacting. I don't even know how to say it. Milena butchering her name, just kind of disappears for a significant portion. And that reminded me of this and this. No. She, like, met. She, like, she's just kind of, like, Talks and I'm like, oh yeah, she's in this movie. <laughs> they just kind of forget about the character and push them to the back. And I yeah, find I, that like, I, you know, I, I, it's awful when you have a big cast like that <laughs> you're forgetting to put the member. In. She's supposed to be like one of the most important members too, and you're just like giving her a large thing of like she's not doing
0: anything. I like that even less than you. I remember we we sat yeah, there for like <laughs> two like hours, in, and I was like, I didn't like that at all. But Cersei does have a new romance. Uh, with a young man named Dane Whitman, who's played by Kit Harington. Uh, I, I think he's really good in this, even though he's good given time. basically nothing to do. He's very charming, uh, very sweet, and I feel like they have chemistry, but then he just kind of disappeared. One question I will bring up now that we're talking about Dane, do we think his uncle that he had conflict with in the past is going to actually be a character? Do you think that was sort of a side thing? And if so, what was his conflict with the uncle that he needs to resolve?
2: So his uncle is likely the old Black Knight, I'd imagine. Oh, that's true. So I'm assuming that's what the movie's going to be. Well, it sounds like Blade's going to be about that. Because you do hear Mahershala Ali.
0: I thought it was perhaps that uh, he saw his uncle double dip into the French onion dip <laughs> at a party. <laughs> and he was like, I just saw you double dip. And the uncle said, no, I didn't do that. And I don't know why you would accuse me of that and they've been fighting for you i thought but that makes more sense what you said True. they're gonna
2: be like we were both wow me and icarus were in game of thrones together and we were brothers
0: <laughs> yeah how weird is it that you're dating both of us
1: <laughs> and that and the one is a remarkably better actor in this than the
0: other well let's get to that so our next our next character is icarus played by richard madden um, he is kind of the the Marvel Superman. He can fly. He has eyeball lasers. Uh, he's in love with Cersei, and kind of his big thing is that we learn later in the film that Ajak informed him of the Eternals' true purpose, which I guess we can talk about that now. Is that so? The Eternals are meant to fight the Deviants, but not just to save humans. They need to fight deviance, uh, so that humans will will be able to develop and at cer- a certain point, a new Celestial will be born out of the Earth, which will destroy everybody. You
2: know what? This I brought this up like four times now, but this makes it even more ridiculous. They literally say the reason they want the population to grow for enough energy, and yet yeah. Thanos cuts it in half, and they're like, that's fine. <laughs>
0: I mean if if they if energy is fossil fuels, then we've got plenty of that. We're we're using plenty of that, unfortunately. I mean, aren't we kind of introduced to this idea in Guardians of the Galaxy Two where Kurt Russell has to like plant his seed in a bunch of planets so that he can like be new life? Oh yeah, yeah that's right. Isn't this the same idea? Ego. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, ego. So I, I think I guess, it is said. Yeah. yeah. Uh so that's the the deal is that ajak tells icarus of this and Ajax wants to stop this from happening so that all of humanity is not destroyed um but yeah, he is that's fine yes but he is so committed uh, to the eternal's purpose that he kills ajak i don't know how did you guys feel about icarus how did you feel about richard madden's performance <sighs> That was a sigh. Um, i I
1: know I said that i I thought it was pretty well acted by everyone involved and everyone was for the most part likable for what we saw of them. but i I will make this an exception to that statement. i I just thought it was bland. He his eye, he just had those like dead eyes throughout the whole movie. It was almost kind of jarring i know imagine being cersei under him that must have been very uncomfortable (laughs) just looking into those eyes (laughs) i know i know his his eyes just really did made me uncomfortable every time he was on screen
0: yeah i thought he was in the beginning especially and i say this as a big richard madden fan i thought he was like a little robotic and i'm like oh maybe that's because like they were just created or whatever um but i don't know it it went on a little bit i feel like he didn't bring his full personality to this so was that like intended
2: mm. like maybe because he was like the you know he was committed to the mission that he was given and he was technically a robot like a synthetic that's being that's true maybe okay, that was fair. planned like he didn't develop the like he specifically left maybe like you know he left for years with cersei maybe that was because he was starting to feel for humanity and then that's why i guess that could be the reason but it did not translate well to screen It's very be. robotic
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i could see that uh
0: yeah that could be and it did make him sort of cold and distant so i, I definitely agree with that uh and then he does fly into the sun he completes the icarus prophecy Um, I guess, you know, when you've betrayed everyone you've ever loved, you're like, well, I just got to fly into the sun, I guess. (laughs) Well, I guess I'll die. Yeah. (laughs) Another interesting caveat comes in the form of another character, Sprite, uh, played by Leah McHugh, uh, who I really adored in this movie. Uh, Sprite can sort of craft and project visual illusions. She can make it seem like there are Uh, five Tylers in the room or that there are stars exploding yeah (laughs) Uh, but the sort of big caveat which i thought was a really interesting facet to this character is that uh sprite perpetually looks like a child even though uh sprite is millennia old uh which creates conflict um she cannot have human relationships at one point they're at a party you see this guy talking to this young woman um, and then he goes to touch her hand and you realize it is just a projection of sprite trying to look like an adult um, to have those sorts of interactions and sprite is in love with icarus Um, were you guys interested in this conflict or did you just not care
2: I, I thought it was just kind of thrown in there because they just mentioned it at one point and then they're like, ah, you know what? I am. So I'm going to betray you guys. I thought that was the most interesting, like, thing, was that, like, that that's an interesting backstory. Tragic. But then they just end up using it as a gag.
0: Yeah, so this really, bot <laughs> is that she's in love with Icarus, so she kind of, she goes to help him, um, unleash this new celestial from the Earth, from this volcano. Uh, and she makes this grand speech about like never kind of getting to live a full life and it was so heartfelt uh but then she just get hit by a rock from Druig and like the people in our theater laughed like a lot of them and i'm like <laughs> i don't it was just so tonally confusing and weird
2: it it was very jarring
0: yeah I honestly, I, I forgot about
1: the whole her being in love Icarus th- with Icarus thing for a minute. <laughs> so then when she betrayed him, I was like, what the hell is she doing? I'm like, oh, that's right. She, Yeah, that thing happened. I
2: I really wish they fleshed it out, because that is an interesting backstory for sure. Like, you're 5,000 years old, but because you look like a child, you can't have a conventional relationship. And, like, that would be, like, a oh, wait. I wish they kind of showed that throughout yeah. the movie. And then the, the turn against them wouldn't have been so, like out of place
1: well yeah that, that goes towards my point of that this really should have been like a six or seven eight episode series you know they could have spent half an episode you know going into her backstory and her escapades or her you know experiences that led her to feeling the way she did mm-hmm. instead of just kind of throwing it out there and be like this is a thing that that's oh, there
0: man. you are Ken Burns you just want to add more and more and more detail which is not <laughs> a bad thing
2: no but I definitely think that would work the best as a fleshed out they, yeah. like even if you did a series and you did a like half episode of backstory and then just kind of threw out like just kind of pieces yeah. that make it look like they just kind of threw it out in one scene like hey I know you're in love with Icarus and then at the end they're like she's in love with Icarus that's why oh, she yeah. betrayed us it just right. felt so out of place
0: nevertheless awesome performance from Leah McHugh uh, I mm-hmm. think we're all excited to see what she is going to do next excited to see her return as Sprite uh, next is one of the more disappointing, and I say this more for the character development um, and for the potential of the performer. This is Makari, who is played by Lauren Ridloff, who I just have to shout out. I absolutely love anytime she's on screen. She plays Connie currently in The Walking Dead. Yes, I, I, and please let me know if you are as well. Still sticking with The Walking Dead through these I think many you're the years. Last one. I am not the last one. We are a strong you, bunch. You
2: are the walking dead.
0: <laughs> yeah, I am the walking dead. So,
1: uh, but When Daryl dies, how big of a riot is it going to be, though, at this, this point? This is the last season. It's going to be so three it's, people. It's not oh, like yeah. it's be.
0: Although, Norman Reedus is, is supposed to get uh, a spinoff series with him and Melissa McBride, just the Carol and Daryl, like, buddy series. That
2: sounds terrible. I,
0: I don't... Uh, i'm not gonna get into that right now but lauren ridloff has played connie this year she was in one of the scariest episodes that they have ever done and she just absolutely killed it nobody could have done it better um so i had an issue with this character because they didn't let her do a whole lot Makari does have uh, super speed. She has some kind of chemistry with with Druig that they never totally explore, and she really just does not get the development that she deserves.
2: Agreed. I don't think she gets any development. Honestly, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. she's just kind of there, and I think she's tragically underused because I think her performance is really good. I definitely enjoyed when she was on the screen, and she and has I wish some of the best. More with the character.
0: She has some of the best action too. Uh, I thought the super speed worked really well, especially in kind of the final fight with Icarus. Um, You know, she was overpowering him and, you know, putting up a real fight. Um, So I I wish they had done more with her. But nevertheless, she gives us a lot. Uh, Lauren Ridloff did amazing. All right, now we have Fastos, played by Brian Tyree Henry. Uh, Fastos is... This crafter of technology, he is an inventor, Uh, he's a character that goes on um, to have a family later on, and I don't want to say renounce his eternal status, but kind of tries to live the life of a human more so, um, after losing his faith in humanity in a really, frankly, uncomfortable way. Mm. Yeah, we don't necessarily have to go into that one.
2: I think we should. All
0: right, Tyler, what do you have to say about it?
2: I that <laughs> it's very <laughs> jarring. He did Hiroshima basically,
0: right? His advances in technology led to the atomic bomb, um, which I it didn't quite sit right with me um but, they literally
2: uh, could have just done been like oh they used my technology to do wage wars like you know i don't try to be like in the middle of a year but i don't we can't save them <laughs> they're horrible it was just a odd scene.
0: yeah i it, it was interesting but fastos uh very interesting character uh i the whole time i kept wondering what it looked like without all the special effects because most of Fasto's activity is just like moving his hands like a magician <laughs> just... and I'm like, "What did that look like when he was just in the room, and there were no there was no CGI added. do you so think like...
2: they gave him direction of what to do with his hands? Exactly. Or just like, do whatever you want, and we'll find, figure it out later?
0: do you think he was he was at home with his family like sitting on the bedside and they're like, Brian, what's wrong? I'm, I'm just rehearsing." <laughs> I'm hope inventing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Fastos also has uh, this this awesome uh, capture effect on Icarus in the final fight, uh, which I, I thought the final fight was much more interesting than a lot of Marvel movies because it was kind of friend on friend. Um, I think maybe when we talk about Thena we'll get into like the crow stuff, which I didn't think was quite as quite as effective
2: uh i keep forgetting his name's crow yeah crow
0: <laughs> the crow all right how about kingo played by kumail nanjiani who i'm a big fan of uh he has laser fingers and he's a bollywood star <laughs> dumb
2: power i just want to <laughs> shout <laughs> that i just want to bring this up right now because it fits what, what, who decided the powers of these eternals They're like one guy's gonna get finger guns yeah the other guy's going to get laser eyes. One of them's going to get gloves that he can manifest <laughs> to punch things. The other's going to make spears and swords.
0: Do you think he ever accidentally does finger guns at somebody and kills them? He'd be like, hey, yeah, he's like, pew, pew, hey pew, can you get me, pew, me another beer from the fridge? You got it. Oh, oh, oh. Well, more beer for me. Uh, but he uh, he becomes a Bollywood star. Um tries to do fame and fortune and all that kind of stuff. He has, I just want to highlight, who is probably the all-star of this movie, uh, Harish Patel, who plays Karun, who is uh, Kingo's manager and valet. He, he was really the heart of the film. He, <laughs> he was funny, he was charming, he was heartfelt. I thought that guy was awesome, and I would love to see him in more, more Eternals films and other films. Uh, Marvel
1: Studios actually released a promo poster with him on it. Awesome. Which
0: I thought was well-deserved. Just him? Just him, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, he was excellent. Uh, Kingo, very funny. Um, the documentary stuff, I thought, played to varying degrees of effectiveness. I Still unanswered question is when Sprite like disappears as the camera is on her... Is she still in the seat when Icarus sits down? Did Icarus just, like, sit directly on her and crush her?
2: <laughs> yes, she died in that seat. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I was wondering to say, that was my first thought as soon as that happened. It was, like, did she move? <laughs> like, yeah. just, literally, she's like, oh, okay. Now this chair is free.
0: <laughs> I don't know, maybe she can't be felt when she's invisible. <laughs> maybe she maybe it would be a fly situation where when she turns uninvisible she just merges with icarus (laughs) (laughs) but nonetheless that didn't happen maybe that's the sequel
2: that is the sequel they've
0: merged yeah and it's so it's it's sprite icarus and then they throw in jeff goldblum uh, (laughs) just to be just to honor uh the david Cronenberg film uh but Kingo does an interesting thing which kind of late in the game when they learn that Icarus is betraying humanity betraying the Eternals he's just like well we're not powerful enough peace out and then he (laughs) walks out and then he just reappears at the end they dap it up like it's all good Kumail was busy that week he was getting swole
2: (laughs) which why do you get swole for this (laughs) He literally shot laser beams and then didn't even show up for the final fight, <laughs> which, which I got to say was a dumb decision. Like you, you've created this cast of superheroes for this movie and you're like, yeah, one's just going to sit it out. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> it's the final battle between them. And you're just going to have one of the members who's probably like the most screen prominent on the screen one. He probably has the most lines I'd imagine. Right. And, and, and it he's was... just going to sit out the fight.
0: It could have been an interesting conflict, but it, I just feel like it was so thrown in there like, ah, no, we can't beat him. All right, I thought uh, he was uh,
2: going to come in during the fight, but right. like, they couldn't beat him, and he's like, well, I'm here, we can now. No, he's just like, I'll see you guys later. I
0: think he was really just self-conscious about the laser fingers. It's like, <laughs> everybody so else so can funny. do cool stuff, this guy's an inventor, she can make illusions laser fingers <laughs> All right, we have Druig as well played by Barry Keoghan uh, who I've enjoyed in many things quick recommend if you haven't seen the movie uh, American Animals definitely do but I won't spend too much time on that uh, Druig has the power of mind control um, he often wants to control the minds of humans to stop them from doing the foolish things that humans do but is, is kind of always stopped Uh, As mentioned, he has this kind of chemistry with Makari, but that it's never fully explored. Um, And he appears to be, I don't want to say the black sheep, um, but sort of the recluse of the Eternals. I thought he was fine.
2: I thought he was just another character. Like, I mean, they just needed some conflict. Which then he ended up being like, fine
1: well (laughs) well actually i will i do want to i do want to make point out you know a lot of i watch a lot of like youtubers and people doing fan speculation about this movie and a lot of people i feel like were assuming that he was going to be the eternal that kind of turns against the rest of them and really be like the well be like the black sheep and be one of the antagonists of the movie. And it did seem like they were starting to go that direction, but then they really faked it out, faked us out to a point um, by making Icarus into the bad one. Um, but so I don't know if, like, maybe Marvel picked up on what people were thinking, and I, I mean I don't know if it was already done by that point or not.
0: But that could have been a red herring situation,
1: right? I, I wonder. I wonder how far. I wonder how far along they decided to make that the red herring situation if it was always the intention or just because they wanted to throw off these these darn uh fan speculators that are
2: i feel like it always was just for how like antagonistic he is when he's introduced in the present and then all of a sudden he's like nah yeah
0: and if anyone saw green knight you know that barry keoghan can play a character who whose friendliness is not always (laughs) what it seems or uh killing of a sacred deer he does the same thing
2: i definitely think his power was interesting in that like he realizes hey like i'm watching all these atrocities happen when i have the power to stop it and i can but i I don't think it manifested itself well into him just living in the amazon possessing a few people
0: Mm.
2: (laughs) like i feel like they could have done something more interesting with that
0: i agree final two characters have a very interesting relationship we have gilgamesh played by don lee um, who is the strongest of the eternals um, uses these kind of strength in combination with this cosmic energy that the rest of them also wield um, and then we have thena played by angelina Jo lee she is a cosmic warrior she can craft any weapon she has this really cool armor um and these are both really strong characters, really strong performances, but Athena has this interesting caveat, uh, where she develops a sort of memory disorder, where she is... It's
2: Mad Weary.
0: Yeah. I'm glad you remember what it was
1: called, because I was blanking.
2: <laughs> I think it's the dumbest name they could have used, so
0: She Stop is me. weighed down by memories, um, I believe, at... I believe in source material that is because they um, were built as Eternals, but like they have certain human capabilities, so there's some disconnect there, and they get... Say it again? Mad weary? Mad weary. <laughs> so she gets mad weary, which causes her to attack her fellow Eternals, which the the timing of this stuff really didn't make sense it, to me. <laughs> it would always be when they were attacked by some external force, then she just decided to go and i just don't understand the decision i thought the the mad weary um relationship with gilgamesh was very interesting in that um she would have to forego her memories in order to sort of get rid of this affliction but gilgamesh decides to protect her uh keep her from harm and keep her from harming others which i thought was incredibly sweet um i just In sort of a practical way, I don't get the decision to cast Angelina Jolie as a mighty warrior and then have her, like, inhibited half the time. I don't get that decision.
2: I think, and I feel like I've said this a lot now, but I think it is an interesting concept that they just did not execute well. Because, like, it's cool that, like, because they're supposed to get their memory wiped after every planet. And now she's taunted by the memories of, like, what they're doing but it manifests itself in, like, ah, I'm just going to attack my teammates every yeah. once in a while when it's most inconvenient. It's just, if they did that better, I think it would have worked a lot
1: better. I think that's going to lead to me saying the same thing I've been saying with all these characters and plot points, too, is that it would have been so much better as a series if they had spent more time just fleshing the stuff out.
0: So what you're um, saying is you wanted a 90-minute sex scene between Icarus <laughs> And a whole and...
2: episode dedicated to them just, just laying motionless on top of each
0: other. <laughs> a little flash forward for everybody. Uh, in a few months, we are going to do an episode on Deep Water and the return of Adrian Lyne, so there'll be plenty of that stuff then. Uh, but Woo! back to Eternals.
1: I think if we had gotten this movie as a series and, like, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier as a movie, like I oh, feel like that would have been a nice even swap. Because Falcon and the Winter Soldier had some great themes and it was a good decent series but I definitely feel like that one could have been cut down to a feature-length movie
0: hmm. um, and still gotten its point across. Hopefully we get to see Gilgamesh again because Gilgamesh does uh, perish in this movie which kind of leads to the humanization of Crow who is a, a deviant um, who turns humanoid who, i i don't know just wasn't into that storyline like at all Uh,
2: not at all they didn't even give him a name in the movie they never once said his name was Crow. so (laughs) that's just kind of an afterthought but it it didn't really feel this antagonist it wasn't really even given a name or anything
1: i thought it was just bill skarsgård no
0: (laughs) i mean it, it was just in a lot of deviant special effects
1: and I, I mentioned
2: this to you guys, and I, I wholly agree, which this movie had a ton of interesting concepts that they just did not flesh out well. And the Deviants, when you learn their backstory of that, they were created by Arame- Ar- Ar- Arashem? Yep. Arashem. Um, they were basically to um, kill predators to save the population of planets. Um, and then they became the Apex Predator and started destroying the entire population. Okay,
0: can I just say I'm tired of the term Apex Predator in movies enough. Please. I agree with you there. Stop using it. Well. I don't like why. Why is it the new buzz phrase?
2: This is the Apex Predator.
0: Yeah. Or what was it in Predator? He's, he's a sport hunter. He's a
2: sport hunter. Yeah, but Predator sounds cool. Yeah, stop. Stop. But um, um yeah, like that. that would have been like... If crow, because crow kind of starts with like we were created to fulfill a purpose, which we per, like did, and we got killed for it, and now like you're killing us, we just want to survive. That would have been interesting. Have been like, oh, we're killing off this species that's doing like what they were created. It's not their fault mm. they're doing it. And no, Angelina is like, well, here's a the sword. <laughs> <laughs> they they kind of started them as a, a sympathetic enemy and then just kind of cut him to pieces Yeah, <laughs> like the Deviants are dead
0: <laughs> so those are the Eternals at the end we have Icarus flying into the sun we have Thena, Druig and Makari who are going to look for other Eternals yes uh, and the rest of them get called up by Arishem who is basically like alright abort mission uh, I know you guys stopped this Celestial from being so I'm going to leave you guys alone but I'm coming back and there will be a Judgment Day. So we are going to get Eternals 2 Judgment Day. <laughs> which I think James Cameron is going to have a word or two about. He can complain after he gives us Avatar 2. You know what? Avatar isn't bad. I gotta say. It's I... going
2: to come out in like 17 years. for <laughs> I think Erishem was just a boring bad guy because he didn't do anything other than just be like stare at the people
0: (laughs) well i don't know is erishem a bad guy or is erishem sort of like symbolic of the constant creation and destruction of the world i mean i think he
2: was supposed to be more of a villain because they're like we're gonna stop erishem from doing this i mean that's just at this base level
0: yeah i could see what you mean mean, do we ever see erishem's full body
2: Oh, if we see him, it's the statue in the middle of the Oh, that's true.
0: Ayrishim could be completely out of shape, and just nobody would ever notice. Also, this may be
2: comic accurate. The, the design of the ship was stupid. <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> just a giant Dorito.
0: <laughs> Are you saying you wouldn't want a giant Dorito? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'd like to eat a giant Dorito. I wouldn't like to spend thousands of years in that giant Dorito.
1: He's more of a giant Frito person.
2: <laughs> like, what a boring design for that! It's just a triangle. If like you guys had to
0: be trapped under a giant Dorito for an entire day, would you want it to be nacho cheese or cool ranch? Cool ranch. Cool ranch. Uh, for sure. Yeah, I gotta go with that. Cool ranch. Yeah. Spicy
2: sweet chili for the wild card. That's
1: I would, very, but the air true. would
0: burn your lungs.
2: That's true. That is be that'd be a painful time.
0: Cool ranch, you can survive that. Spicy sweet chili, you would die a very pleasant <laughs> death, but you would die. What about flaming hot? That's even. You would die instantly. <laughs> Can't do that. All right, are you guys excited to see Eternals two?
2: I'm I I I'm, I'll watch the Eternals in in another project, but like if you're giving me another movie of those characters, I don't care.
1: See, I'm still here for it. I think they, um... you know, if they can take what hit and what didn't hit with this movie, and just roll with it, and they don't spend half the movie Retconning everything that just happened in this last movie that people didn't like, like a certain other Disney property I'm not going to name. I think it could be good. I'm optimistic.
0: All right. Well, all that's missing is that in the sequel they have to start bubblegum shrimp, and they'll be all set. All right. We are going to move now. We're going to take a short break. We're going to come back and talk about Phase Four of Marvel.
1: What's up folks, this is Matt coming to you from the Silver Screen Savers editing room. It's really just my office that I do everything else from, but that's fine. Just want to let you all know that we went over a bit on time this week so I'm breaking this episode up into two parts. Part one that you just heard was our review slash breakdown of Marvel's Eternals. Up next will be our thoughts on Marvel's Phase 4 so far as well as their slate of upcoming releases. On top of that, we are going to run through each of our top three Marvel projects of all time. Hope to see you there, and thanks for sticking around. Silver Screen Savers Podcast was co-created, written, hosted, and produced by Michael Gallant, Tyler Sookis, and Matt Sturdivant. Additional editing by Matt Sturdivant. Intro music by Charles Michel via Pixabay. Logo design by Nathan Seidel.